Good morning. Our scripture reading this morning is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 10, and then 14 through 17. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would rather and would prefer to be away from the body and at home in the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from him. For we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now at verse 14, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who should live no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regarded Christ this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has gone and the new has come. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Our text uh, is taken from Paul as he addresses the issues at the church of Corinth. And if we were to read, if we were an Episcopalian church, we would be reading all three of the, the texts for the lectionary, and we would find the Old Testament text goes back into Samuel, which we preached on last week, uh, where David is anointed to be king. And remember last week when we read Samuel, Saul had just, everyone wanted a king and Saul had just become king. Well, that didn't work out very well. And Saul uh, ran into trouble. And so God anointed a new king and sent, sent Samuel to the house of Jesse. And the first thing he sees there is this tall, handsome, rugged, ruddy-looking man, the oldest of Jesse's sons, Elib. And Elib, he looked like a king. He was like Saul. He looked like a king. He was big. He had warrior's arms. And, you know, not, he was bright, too, this whole thing. And, and Samuel said, surely, surely this is king right here. But God said to Samuel, do not look upon his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see, but looks, they look to the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And Samuel went through every brother, and the Lord said, no, this isn't him, and looked around and said, well, it's got to be one of these guys. Are there, are there other brothers? And sure enough, that skinny, scrawny David kid was out shepherding the sheep. No one thought he was king. So they just left him out there to shepherd the sheep. His hair all ratty. You know, it's kind of smelly. Comes in. And that's the heart that God saw to be king. When it comes to faith, I think the eyes are a bit of a liability because seeing is not always believing. Perceptions 
are not always as they seem. And I think Paul is trying to get into that a little bit today. You know, our perceptions are, are becoming more realized to be more and more subjective as time goes on. The newspapers these days are full of cases where people were convicted based on eyewitness accounts, picking people out of a lineup. And yet, years later, after someone's been incarcerated, DNA results come back that say, wait a minute, it couldn't be this guy. And they're finally released, being innocent the whole time. Eyewitness got it wrong. What they saw, what they perceived, was not the truth. I run into this a lot. I can't tell you how many times I've been in the middle of a big controversial meeting of some sort. Sometimes at church, I'll admit it. (laughs) Actually, you know what? Mostly at church. (laughs) I'm ashamed to say. But sometimes I've been in the middle of these big, ugly, controversial meetings and I'll walk away and I'll go, wow, this it seems clear to me this is this is what's going on here and someone sitting right next to me will have said the what they saw and what they heard was the exact opposite of what i saw and what i heard and i got to tell you the truth sometimes uh, you folks come through and 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 you tell me what you got out of the sermon on occasion and usually you're, you know, you, we're, we're in the same wavelength, right? Usually, I, usually you're right there. But sometimes folks come through and they go, wow, I got the, you were, you know, you know what you, the, I got out of that sermon today? And you tell me something and I go, how in the world did you hear that? <laughs> I was not anywhere near that. I don't know what, I, well, you know, the Lord works, but whatever. <laughs> Our perceptions, what we see, what we hear, isn't always the truth. And Paul seems to be echoing these words of God that came to Samuel regarding David. Do not look to appearances, for the Lord looks at the heart. See, Paul is defending himself against his critics in Corinth who question much of what Paul has to say about who Jesus is and how the church is supposed to run and what people have to do to be right with God and right in the church. You know this argument. And these are the people who seem to know what they're talking about. These are people of authority. These are people of stature. These are people who who have their act together, who are leaders in the community. Surely they wouldn't lead people astray. And Paul himself, he has some credibility problems. People don't really know Paul. People don't really trust Paul yet. And so in the game of who looks best on paper, Paul is afraid he loses. But Paul insists, don't look at this with just your human perspective, but try to see things through the eyes of faith. In this, Paul feels confident that the early church will see what God is doing in Christ. And Paul is begging the church, don't get distracted away from that, but look with your heart. Look with your faith. Don't trust your eyes or your perceptions. And so we, by Paul, are commended to walk by faith, not by sight. Which seems to beg the question, 
what does this walking by faith really look like? I would think, first of all, faith gives us new eyes to see people as Christ sees them. You know, we walk around immediately and we start to plug people into categories when we see them. We think we know their whole story almost immediately. Folks come walking in off the street based on how they dress, how they look, their mannerisms. We know who they are and what they're about. I ran into, I was confounded in this notion when I was, uh, in, when I joined the Air Force. I went off to San Antonio where they shaved, where they, they, they were mean to me and they shaved my head and make me walk funny. But before that, we all got on a bus and headed from the airport down to the Air Force Base. And I was doing what we all do, looking around, see who I'm going to be stuck with for these next few weeks. And there was a cowboy there. There was a guy with a mullet there. It's probably you know, a metal a headbanger of some sort. And there was a pretty well-dressed fellow there. There was a farmer there, clearly. And pretty soon I had everyone put into categories and I was thinking to myself I would get along with that guy and that guy and that guy probably don't want anything to do with that guy and that guy and that guy and then you know what they did they shaved our head and they dressed us all the same and all of a sudden it was all a mess I didn't know who was who here and I had to base my judgments on these people based on their own character based on who I got to know after a while, beyond their clothes, beyond their hair, beyond their look. And, you know, based on that, there were some I didn't want to hang out with, but I was surprised at the people who became fast friends based on their character, not on the way they looked. It was a lesson in seeing is not always believing, and perception is not always the truth. I think walking by faith, also it opens us to the possibilities. You know, my friend Tim, the pastor at Seattle First Baptist Church, my friend Tim always talks about faith being about imagination. For example, it's not so much a question of believing in the resurrection as it is daring to imagine a world where death is not the final answer and where evil is defeated by perfect love. Do you dare imagine it? Do you dare leave open the possibilities of a world like that? And then to live in to that possibility. That's what faith is. Daring to dream and imagine a world that is the way God intended it to be. And so really, a lack of faith is a lack of imagination. A lack of being open to the possibilities. Walking by faith is to dare to imagine a world that is driven by the things of God, not driven by the things of the world. And then to live into that. I have to qualify this. When I say the things of God, I'm not talking about silly things like prayer in school or whether the Ten Commandments is you know, on a wall in a courtroom. All of that is more about the world of politics than the kingdom of God. If 
By the things of God, I mean imagining a world that's driven by the things that seem most important to God and to God's revelation in Jesus Christ. Justice, equity, compassion, love, inclusion, and abundance that has nothing whatsoever to do with money. Jesus dared to imagine a world like that. Jesus dared to imagine where the poorest of the poor inherits the kingdom of God. And dared to imagine where the rich and the powerful find themselves humbled and low. Jesus dared to imagine a world where a woman at a well, a foreigner, a despised foreigner, the enemy, could share a glass of water with him. Jesus dared to imagine a world that was free of the demons that possess us and the shackles are broken and freed and people can live into the, the person that God sees in them. So Jesus imagined the freeing of our lives, the joy and the connection that comes with it. Jesus imagined a world of shalom, of peace, of equity, where everyone was considered a child of God, where everyone was considered worthy of love, where everyone was welcome into the bosom of God, like the prodigal son, and afforded the grace that perfect an unconditional love naturally gives. Oh, Jesus had faith because Jesus dared to imagine what the world could be. So great and vast and faithful was Jesus' imagination that He was willing to die for it. He said, you're not going to talk me out of this. They said, all right, then we have to kill you. And they did. These are the things of God that we are invited to dream about and to live into a world that reflects these same values. Finally, faith, walking by faith, drives us towards God-sized goals. You know what God-sized goals are? Faith insists within us in and i mean instills within us this yearning this desire this i gotta have it feeling for something more faith instills within us a sense of urgency for this world faith instills within us a sense of duty and a longing for the things of god faith instills within us a passion for the kingdom of god and here's the catch Here's where it all gets messed up. This faith-driven vision can only be accomplished with God's help. It's not something we can do on our own. It's kind of a vicious thing God does here. Through the Holy Spirit, through faith, through this, as we become this new creation that Paul talks about today, the new part of that is this incredible drive and passion within us for for the love of God and for the good of God. And then we are faced with the realization that 
what I feel this passion to see accomplished, I can't do on my own strength. I must rely on the grace and the glory and the strength that only comes from God. I can't do it myself. I must rely on God. I must rely on other people. God gives this same drive to others who must also rely on God. And then God gives us the gift of one another as we come together and struggle. One sows, one cultivates, one harvests, and yet we all play a part. Amen? Amen? Amen. You know, I've been here for two years. I shouldn't have to ask for an amen. (laughs) But when I do, they ought to have some gusto, right? (laughs) we got to work on that a little bit. (laughs) One sows, one cultivates, one harvests. You know, a few years ago, they shot into space this Mars lander. Do you remember this? And I was reading an article once where there is not, there is not one person who understands the whole of the Mars lander. The, it is so complex. It is so big. It is so intricate. It is so vastly beyond comprehension the, to make that thing to get it to Mars and to make it work, that people only know little parts of it. They just, you know, one guy, one guy knows how to make the, uh, the little antenna thing work, right? And one guy knows how to get the wheels working. And one guy knows how to get the rocket in the air. And all, you know, and, or teams of people know little sections of it. And they bring it all together and in faith... They put that sucker on a rocket and they shoot it out into outer space and wait to see what happens. And you know, sometimes all those years and all that knowledge and all that work, and they don't hear anything coming back. In faith, they shoot it out there. But you know what? That Mars lander is there now, driving around. It, I'm fascinated. In faith, they put it on a rocket and they send it away, releasing control over to the hard work they've done. Each one doing their part and having the hope that it will work. Walking by faith is like that. It is like sending something so precious and so valuable and so important in a rocket to Mars, not having complete control over the outcome, But doing your part and doing it well and having trust that the others also have done their part and having the hope of God's guiding hand, you let it go. Let it go. I've done what I can. I've done what I've been asked to do. Not really sure what's going to happen, but I'm doing what I can. But knowing that it'll be spectacular it comes out if it if all the things come together it's going to be great so today we are invited to walk by faith and not to rely on our sight to let god 
instill within us this vision to allow God to help us imagine to let God give us a yearning for something that can only be accomplished when God when God's self pulls us together makes it work trust God even over our own sight and our own worldly instincts let us pray Loving God, You have called us to live a life full of faith. You have made us a new creation as we have come to realize You and to acknowledge You, to cry out for You, to long for You. We ask, God, that You would indeed be the giver of faith that will guide our footsteps we attempt to walk forward being led by your light amen